Hello and welcome back to the student speaker. My name is Theo and joining me today we have Abby, Caden, Tom, <coughs> Peter and Josh. Today we are going to be discussing the um, coronavirus or COVID-19 um, and the, how the NHS are coping with it and just basically the ins and outs of the current situation, um, mainly regarding the United Kingdom, but we might progress into worldwide as the podcast goes on. Um, I'm going to start off by asking everyone a question. Um, and that question is, how do you, what's your opinion on how the um, government in the UK has dealt with the um, coronavirus situation? Do you think the um, restrictions being put in place, for example, lockdown is needed? Or what do you think they should be doing if they haven't done so already? I think what the government have done is quite clever. They've used the scientific uh, evidence to support all their decisions, but they've most importantly, built it up. They haven't just gone for a big lockdown like that. They've taken it step by step with different measures, looking at all the different consequences and how we can minimise the effects of them. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it's more about minimising, as you say, minimising the effects of the virus um, and stopping its spread to protect the most vulnerable in our society. Um, and I think the government is doing that quite well. Peter, do you have anything you'd like to add? Um, also, I think what um, Boris Johnson has done to it is actually quite a good idea because um, he put in the regulations, he's like, um, no more, like, you should stop going to pubs, stop going to bars, stop going out and hanging with your friends and reduce and uh, introduce social distancing to reduce the spread. And then people, of course... There's been there's been people who've listened to it, which has been good. But then there's also been a vast majority of people who haven't listened to it, which is why he's had to put this lockdown into effect for three weeks. And um, a lot of people are saying, oh, it's only three weeks lockdown and then it's over. But then actually it's it's three weeks of lockdown and then they were going to review it. If it's got worse and people have actually haven't been listening to the lockdown, then he's just going to increase the lockdown. So what people need to understand is the if you social distance yourself now, then it's easier along the line and it'll make it a lot easier for everyone else. And uh, I agree with Peter, is that these these people which, there are the, the, the group of people which do, you know, listen to what the government's saying, you know, they keep their hands washed, they keep the distancing, and they're all cool with that. But there's those people which just decide not to follow and be like, oh, it, you know, it's not that bad. There's no need to go out. There's no need not to go out and do whatever I want. And I think that's why people extend that problem. Yeah, I agree totally. I think that's one of the main reasons why they probably put the regulations in place to sort of force those people who don't listen that you have to stay at home. Um, which is, well, anyone listening, that's why we might sound a bit bad today because we're actually doing this on a video call to follow the government regulations. Um, so we're all social distancing, we're all at our own homes recording this over discord so it's a way of allowing us to still be able to produce podcasts for you but also still follow the government advice um but as josh says it's all about you know those people who don't listen have now caused the government to put extra in like mm. extra um, regulations in place for the next three weeks minimum to help protect those who are most vulnerable in our society yeah you have to ask yourself what were people thinking over the weekend going out walking all over the place, treating it like it's a bank holiday weekend. 
I think, uh, but it's one of those things that's really, the government's advice in that way could also be taken a bit, like it's difficult sometimes to understand because the government say you're allowed to go out and exercise. So people are still going out to walks and parks and stuff because they're allowed to, they're allowed to exercise. Um, but that's why they added in the uh, two person max rule and only with your household. Um, but as it, and it's really difficult sometimes, especially they said about key workers, I mean, only essential jobs, which is a really difficult thing like to make a list because you could argue a lot of jobs are key. I mean, they're still um, by Red Bull. They're still building their car park. I would argue that's not an essential job. But they're still allowed to work. So these sort of implications, it's very confusing sometimes the government's advice. I would say that, you know, it's lots of people that are potentially putting the NHS at a greater risk by going to work. For example, those in the construction industry, they're more likely to be get a physical injury, which obviously would require the NHS. And the last thing we want to do during these times is to put more strain and pressure on the NHS. And I think that's the we need to avoid, obviously, the most, as everyone would know, is to avoid the NHS being overwhelmed, um, because the whole point of this, um, the whole point of producing the regulations and stuff is to avoid people from going out, um, to obviously re- reduce the risk of overwhelming the NHS. I think I'd, I'd also like to say, just... Um... What, what the government's done after they introduced the after they introduced the lockdown so uh the whole of the 24th where they sent a text out to everyone um talking about how uh there was new rules in force you had to stay at home um and the bit at the end like i think that's really good stay at home protect the nhs save lives like yes. that's all talking about that's like really pushing that mentality of you, you're not just doing this for yourself, you're doing it for the millions of others that live in the mm-hmm. UK and also the thousands of workers at the NHS who are not only like putting their life on the line to like protect people and try and save their lives, they're, they're putting countless hours of effort in. They're working like 13-hour non-stop, shift, non-stop shifts just to try and save like a small amount of people. So it's more like, so it's like the continuous mentality of we got to do something to support the nhs we're all in this together and it's almost like a thank you isn't it yeah yeah there are all these children who are making the posters to put in their windows with the rainbows on and like saying stay safe at home and they put them in the window so people walking past can see them and it's meant to boost morale and it actually really does work even when you're making the posters yourself like i've done that with my siblings and it's just it's just fun and you see people stop when they go past and it is it does make you feel better about it. I and there's also I see that people put up Christmas lights um, as well as you say to boost people's morale and make everyone. It's just it's basically just bringing light to the situation because it's mm. we're all in it together. It's you know there's a bit. I think that I read somewhere that it's going to affect ninety percent of the country. Ninety percent of people are going to catch it. So it's one of those things you've got to obviously make sure that 90% are the people who will be able to get through it and be able to live through it and not that 90% doesn't include the people who are vulnerable. And also it's not just improving the people who are seeing it, their morale, it's also boosting thoughts as well because you, if you are having to stay at home, you know, you don't have the job and you don't know what to do, you know, making something like that and is improving your, you know, your mind as well because you're actually doing something you know, which is keeping you occupied and, you know, not just sitting down and doing whatever, but it's actually 
keeping your mind going so you don't completely, you know, lose it throughout the time. You can't, you know, you can't go to work, you can't go to school and all that. I totally agree. And it's about, as you say, it's keeping people occupied. It's I mean, like the situation regarding your 11s at the moment, it's really difficult um, for us being the way, because we, well, I've read in sites, the government site said that they're cancelled, um, but we're still getting work sent by our school as we're keeping us mm. occupied and keeping our brains still can, like still working yeah. because you think however we're off now for a month anyway so even if the schools go back i can't see year 11s being called back in because the exams yeah. are cancelled um and i honestly in my heart of hearts i can't see schools opening until september um that's it's one of these situations yeah which yeah exactly and you, you've got to keep your brain moving for those five and a half months so when you get to college or post 16 or wherever you want to go for your next step you won't know how to learn properly again because you've spent five and a half months doing nothing really and i think that's why the school's still sending out work for students is a really mm. good way to occupy them yeah and even a level um preparation or for whatever you're going on to next is something i've heard people have been doing because of just need to keep themselves occupied and keep the the brain going but a levels are cancelled as well yeah you know, and, and, but i think <coughs> degrees are still going ahead because my brother's in university 75 percent done with his course and they were sent home and he's he's now sat here because he's been told his um degrees back on he's doing the exam um but obviously he's being careful because he doesn't want to go back to the unis because he doesn't want to mix with people so it's, and it's really difficult for people who are all, all over the education spectrum um because some people's exams have been completely cancelled and it would be going off teachers' expected grades and mock results and the Department of Education. And then some exams are still going ahead. I think some private schools are still doing the exams. Um, they just call the students back in um, during when the summer holiday would have been and getting them to do their, do their exams then. It's, but obviously they can't confirm that because if things change and the government say no, then that's no. But it's 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 a really difficult situation with the whole country and it's as abby said earlier it's just that boost to morale because we're all in this together we're you know at the end of the day we're all stuck here at our homes bored out of our minds you know bullying each other's siblings and everything we need to stay mm. happy keep positive um and try and you know we'll all, we'll all get through it and the yeah. nation yeah. will get through it it's just ridiculous you know what is amazing though? What's happened in terms of like pollution and the environment? Like, I'm sorry, but have you seen the stuff on Venice and the dolphins? Like, that's just amazing. And the pollution maps and everything. I Do have you say it's like, in some ways, yeah, it seems like divine intervention, even if you don't believe in God, like something's happened. Like, so you need to fix this. Yeah, it's one of those, it's one of these weird things though, because I, it was. Um, if you look into Wuhan, where it originally originated, sorry if I pronounced that wrong, um, there's, I think it's the chemical production facility or a government, there's a facility there that produces some chemicals apparently, which could have been where the virus came out of originally, and it could have been something gone wrong. I don't. I read that on the Daily Mail, I think, um, but obviously some sources aren't accurate. That's one of those things I've read, and it's different um people speculating on what happened and it's it's really confusing because no one knows what it is no one fully knows what to do regarding 
Yeah, as you say, it's a bit, um, with the whole where it originates from, there's like a lot of controversy towards that because as you say, there is a like chemical plant in Wuhan um, and people are like, there is some speculation, oh, it could be like a failed chemical test there. But then there's also speculation that it comes from the uh, wet markets there where people have been eating like um, bats and mice and stuff um, and other like small rodents you wouldn't expect like people to usually eat, but that's their culture. So I'm not going to like, disrespect it in any way but um people some people are um thinking it's like uh, some sort of disease contracted by the animals because they're not kept in yeah. like because when they're killed they're not kept in like the best of conditions so some people are thinking it's like while they've been what well, they've been killed and they've been kept in this condition and they've contracted some sort of disease which has then been passed on to the person after they've eaten it mm-hmm. yeah and it's just it's, it's really confusing because no one actually knows the true origin like where it originated from no one knows the information properly um and so i've just looked up here it says it's a government laboratory in wuhan um where the first patients had the virus um that's the daily mail um and it's where well, it's it's really difficult because it, it's obviously you can't say that that's where it's come from you know it's a bioweapon or something because we don't know we don't and at the end of the day you know it still hit china really really hard um so if they did release it i don't know why they would have done because it would have affected, affected their country well not as bad as italy now but it's affected their country really really hard yeah what i think is awful is you meet this stigma that's been put around china and lots of people are blaming it on the Chinese and saying yeah. all sorts of bad things about the Chinese. And I don't think that's appropriate in any way, shape or form, but particularly during these times. Where uh, yeah, it's focusing on it's other very much like stereotypes, around. isn't it? It's very, very much like, stereoty- like stereotypes. Is, and it, it's one of those stereotypes shouldn't ever really be used, um, but a lot of people do use them. And it's one of it's, yeah, again, as a society, <laughs> some people really were quite racist and that's just genuine who they are and you know there's nothing we can do about that because it's just the way society is and it's just in a weird sort of way it shouldn't be but it's become a bit of a norm for some people to be that racist and it is adding that stereotype to Chinese people that shouldn't be there you're totally correct I'm just gonna say I have just pulled up um live stats of the coronavirus um so there's apparently been 446,946 cases, but recovered of them, 112,058. That's like pretty insane how many people have actually recovered like from the amount that's been infected. And it's only like 19,811 deaths. So that's like clearly showing it's like some people are like worrying too much about it. Like you've got people panic buying and everything. And it's like the the level of selfishness that people are doing, like panic buying, they're going out buying like all the toilet roll, all the hand sanitizers, all the dried goods and everything. It's like, you have to think about others, not just yourself. Like there are, you're not the only one going through the virus. There are millions of others going through the virus. They, they need the toilet roll. They also need the hand sanitizer. They also need the dried goods. But just looking at these stats, it's like, well, you yes, you have the right to panic. Like you don't know what's going to happen, but it's this is like clearly showing the risk of death is very low. Um, cases of which had had an outcome: fifteen percent ended in death, eighty-five um, percent 
the patients were recovered slash, uh, slash discharge. Of the current cases, 96 are just mild conditions. Only 4% of current cases are critical. It's showing like, yes, you can worry about it and you have every right to worry, but as long as you self-isolate and you do what your doctors tell you and what the World Health Organization has to tell you, then you're going to be completely fine and you don't have to worry too much about it. So I wanted to extend on Peter's point about the panic box because that is like, in a way, the second problem which, you know, this virus <laughs> is bringing because it, it affects, like you said, a lot more people than they probably realise because you can, in a way, forgive them because you know that, you know, they're scared, they're worried, you know, you, you need to look out for yourself more than others. But actually, it's affecting those, you know, the nurses, the doctors, you know, the whole, you know, health, you know, organisation, yeah. in a way, because those people which are actually there to help you, support you, actually get through this and possibly survive, are actually the ones which can't look after themselves because after a long shift, the shelves are empty and they can't actually get anything for their own family. And they actually end up being the ones which suffer more than any other. And they're the ones that are actually, you know, trying to make you better. And uh, adding on to Josh's point there, this is why um, supermarkets have been really considerate. Um, I can't remember the exact days, but it's some most of the main supermarkets are allowing certain days uh, before the store opens, uh, vulnerable people and elderly people to go shopping first. Um, to yeah, so for... For that one, Tesco's is 9 till 10, Monday through Saturday, and then Sunday is 9 till 10 for NHS staff. Yeah, they so they're the statistics for Tesco, which is doing that as a store is really helpful. So I remember seeing on the news about a lady who had just finished a 14-hour shift and she went shopping. There was nothing for her to get for family. And she worked for the NHS. She spent the whole day saving people's lives. And there was that's how she was greeting the store. And it's really difficult as well. I heard that, um, another NHS worker shopping, people stealing stuff out of a trolley. Um, and it's stuff like that, which is it's just unacceptable as a society. Um, and we should be looking after each other. Um, and yeah. especially, and I do have a question, right? Does anyone know why toilet roll is being brought? Because every symptom I've looked at does not mention toilet roll is needed. Because this is... It's toilet roll isn't needed. I think what people are thinking is... Um, they're sort of going into the mentality of, oh, we're going to be in our houses for a while. Um, it's the sort of thing that can come in handy for, like, a lot of things. And in the end of the day, it's just toilet paper. If the, vi the, pan if the virus does, when the virus does finish off. But that is a good question. Like, it's, it's one of looking at all the symptoms, there's nothing to, there's nothing to do with uh... needing toilet paper. I think it's more down the chain of all consumables and long life and canned food True. as well because um, yeah. try and get but, canned food anytime recently. It just it's not happening. But I've brought I've been buying bulk chocolate before I went before we went into lockdown and before I was isolating at home. Yes, the, the I, chocolate sweet aisles are very empty as well. <laughs> because to be honest, that's the stuff that I live on and I can't <laughs> if it's an ending I'm panic buying for it's chocolate, oh, not not toilet roll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think with this coronavirus, people are going to realise how to more resourcefully cook and look after themselves for their day-to-day -day life. I mean, we look at our lives now, we live in a world of luxury and reality, yeah. and lots of people don't go home and cook a proper meal. They pop it in the microwave and 
boy over there, there's your dinner, but it's not going to be that easy now. It's and... one of those things, yeah, it's, it's just, but there is so many simple recipes that like pasta is so easy to make. Mm. And That's why it's sold out. Yeah, but yeah, so easy to make at home. You, you, this is one this is one of the things that gets me. Like people obviously you buy patterns, it's quicker to stick in the oven, pasta in boiling water for three minutes, you've got a dinner with a get a bit of sauce. But making pasta is not difficult. It's one of those things people now they're at home, they've been given the chance, you know, these times if they're not working, obviously the student mainly talk about year elevens and A levels. Um, you've got a chance to learn something new and maybe cooking will be a thing, maybe learning to cook with limited resources. His skills are going to be very helpful in the future. I think a lot of people should really start looking into. Um, and I think it's one of those things we need to, obviously we're going to be in this for a long time. It's not a short term thing. Um, and it's about just, you know, adapting to that and, you know, using what you've got. So if you've got flour and eggs, pasta, make cakes, you know, don't go out and buy them because if you go out, you've got a much, much higher chance of catching it in Tesco than you do in your own house. Yeah. yeah, Tesco specifically is doing a very good job because I went in there today and there was a mandatory trolley washing station and mandatory hand washing station before you entered, and the queue to get to those was spaced two meters apart. So oh, that's pretty good. good actually. That's, that's pretty good. good. I, I think it's over the weekend of uh, people outside supermarkets in a crowded way as if trying to get into a football stadium. It's ridiculous, and then. You see what they're doing in Italy, and it's all two meters spaced out, very sensible measures. And you just, you think, well, are these people listening to the news? Are they, do they know you're supposed to be social distancing? But this is one of there's a person in my village who has never had a TV. He's, he's never had a TV, uh, and he, he's going out and he's doing his normal Tesco shop, and he. And because he hasn't got a TV, he obviously doesn't know these things, and he's only just starting to realize as people have been telling him that what's actually going on because obviously some people don't have TVs they won't understand the severity of the situation he doesn't like technology best he doesn't have a phone iPad he doesn't he has nothing um so it's one of those things it's yes we know but there's a lot of people out there who don't actually know the severity of the situation or as you've said before there's a lot of people who just aren't seriously and yeah. it's when it's one of these things now it's it's a world pandemic we have mm. to um work together we can't you know be separate we can't be going against each other we have to work together we're a team yeah the whole um the whole people of like the people not listening to it that just makes me think of a post i saw a few days ago it was um if your future self asked you what um in those 14 days we'd had in those 14 days before lockdown what were you doing like were you out with friends were you social distancing or were you like going out going to parties and stuff would you be proud of yourself to say oh yeah i was going out i was sort of going to a party every night or i was going to the bar every night or would you be the sort of person who was going no i was doing my bit i was social distancing i was keeping people safe and yeah. that just made me really think it's like there are the even though we are hearing a lot about the people who won't go out and social distance the people who keep going out people who are still like enjoying life and stuff there are still the people who are doing their part at home like they are the people social distancing yeah no, which I agree. And is it's good also, it's also the people like um, when this lock before the lockdown was in place my grand my grandparents have been social distancing for quite a while now and they've been like, 
sorry, I meant they've been isolating themselves for quite a while. And they've been doing it as a way of not catching it. So before, obviously, we were in isolation, um, we were providing food and stuff to allow them to keep going. Because, it's, as I say, it's about protecting the most vulnerable and being there as a society for everyone, protecting everyone. Um, and I think that's the main point to go. It's, it's sort of, I'm not relating this at all, but it's, in a weird way, it's the same sort of thought as um, well, the war. It's everyone coming together. And everyone working together to mm. fight it off. But instead of fighting off another country, you're fighting off a virus. And it's it's really nice to see people working together. Um, a good friend of mine, um, very kindly, his mum went out the other day and got us some food so that we were able to eat. And it's all about, you know, allowing everyone to get by and everyone looking after each other and we'll be okay. Yeah, that's a good point that you made about um, being like wartime. And in fact, Boris Johnson has referred to it as a wartime government and similar to that and wartime measures and i mean it's a, we will have to make sacrifices yeah it's yeah. those kind of things that now are in place and it's things that have never been in our lives haven't even been in our parents lives and perhaps some of our grandparents would have been there in the war where times were tough but this is really the first thing since that for our yeah. country it, the weird it's clearly very very severe because since the GCSEs were well sorry since um, examinations but I can't remember someone told me the date I've forgotten it now and it was they've never cancelled GCSEs they've never cancelled the exams but that proves how serious this is um, and I know and the people who don't understand the severity are actually just putting people never since yeah sorry someone's just reset it's never since 1888 they can that was yeah that was when they put them in place so it's one of those it's you know it's proves how severe this is because yeah people would never put those regulations in place as the education minister said i never wanted to put that in place but he's had to to keep you protected and look after people and this is this is why people need to take it seriously and look after one another and be there for one another Mm. um Sorry, I've got so I've got a research department going on behind me, and someone's brought up the idea of herd immunity. Um, this, yeah, that, this is one of these really weird subjects that's become quite prominent in the news. Our education, no, sorry, our health minister has said that what we're trying to do is create herd immunity against this virus. Um, I'm not totally 100% on what this like means also. So we've got a medical expert who's also in the podcast that's going to enlighten us. So herd immunity is like um, using the masses of people to protect the vulnerable people. So if you think about it, vaccines, not everyone can get a vaccine because they may be allergic to them or whatever, but we can still eliminate all of the viruses because if like 98% of the population has the vaccine and it's going to prevent the spread and then stops the vulnerable people getting it. So if we all do our part to protect it, it should protect the people that can't protect themselves, basically. So yeah, this whole herd immunity, as, as Caden said, is to protect um, the most vulnerable in our society um, by you know, everyone becoming immune to the virus. But I've also heard people who can't become immune to viruses and it's it's really difficult. It's not because... that you will become immune to it, it's that you won't have it. Basically, you're oh. not spreading it to them. It's basically trying to get as few people with it as possible so there's less chance of it spreading to the people that can't protect themselves. Oh, 
okay, that makes sense. As I say, I'm, I'm not an expert when it comes to medical. I don't, you know, it's not my um, strong point in my category. Um, but that's, that's quite, I suppose that makes sense as a way of protecting, as, as it means, is protecting the most vulnerable in our society, which is obviously the government's goal and to protect, you know, limit the amount of people who die from this virus as possible. Um, tragically, already hundreds of people have died and Boris has said that a lot more, but a lot more people will die of this virus. But that's why we need to act now and protect each other from, you know, the, the, protect them, each other from dying from this virus or even getting seriously ill from it. Mm-hmm. I think I remember re- um, reading somewhere else as well about there was some, it was a country, it was either Italy, I can't remember, and the, there were some people who got over the virus, but it like it took away 80% of their lungs, like, operation. Um, so even though they were still alive, their lungs were only operating at 20%, which is really, it's really difficult Um to work around this because you know it's one of those weird situations where it's I don't know it's, as I say it's really weird and we've never been through it before so we you know there's no way of us knowing what to do regarding this coronavirus and there's no way of us knowing how to get over it um, because we've never been in the situation as a nation or even a world where we've had to protect ourselves from it hmm. I think to um the main point that people need to take from the coronavirus is, and like the whole struggle of, is it's like, like, it's not like, it's not a whole, you're by yourself, it's just you. It's like, it's a team game. You have to take into effect everyone. It's like football, for example. So it's not, you're the only player on the pitch. You're the only one that matters. You have to work together as a team to win. Yeah, and I agree. And as, as I say, it's about just doing your bit. And um, as I say, as Boris has said, self-isolate, you know, protect lives, save the NHS. Is, and, you know, it's about just being there for each other. Not You're not alone in this. The whole world is a world pandemic. We've got to work together to create a better future afterwards. Yeah. You mentioned about feeling alone, and I think, Many people will perhaps feel alone, self-isolating currently. Um, and obviously we'd started doing that as of a weekend, really. And I wanted to ask you guys about the coping strategies, how you've been finding it. Like, I know there's been several programmes being put on the internet to try and keep youngsters and people of all ages engaged. But I don't know how much of an effect it's having on other people. I mean, it's one. It's one of the weird things. I mean, me personally, um, I've been actually. I've been learning new things, and I've been learning new skills. I've been. I'm trying to learn something new because being a year eleven student, I'm now. You know, my exams are cancelled. I've obviously I've still got schoolwork, um, but I've got to. You know, it's, it's a, the schoolwork doesn't take up my whole day, um, so I'm trying to learn new skills. You know, become a business person, something else, just learning something new. Yeah. to allow me to be occupied during the time. Um, Peter, what have you been doing? Um, I, I, I um, s- similar to you, I think that um, I, I'm going to start learning a new skill as well. And I also think, like, um, I personally do this. I don't know if other people would find it interesting or not. But personally, I think um, you need to, like, keep up the exercising because mm. normally, like, we, d- we probably don't realise this just in a normal school day, but the amount of walking we actually do, like, 
from home to school and then all the up and down all the um up and down stairs we go like we're actually burning a lot of calories and covering a decent amount of distance and then being stuck at home all day you're not really doing much you're just like sat in bed sat on your sofa or whatever watching netflix and stuff so yeah. i think what i'm trying to do is um keep up exercising still so whether it's just i'll go bang out like like a dumb bunch of push-ups or i'll go out for a run or i'll go out for a cycle or i'll just go in the garden and do like some yoga or something i feel like you need to keep the the healthy mindset and keep exercising to keep your keep your body healthy instead of just sitting at home sitting in your like sitting in your sofa or in your bed just watching netflix and everything and just like losing all the exercise you're putting into your body yeah i mean it's a great program that joe wicks has started on youtube of pe lessons so a 30 minute lesson each day it's a basically a hit workout and it's very good for you i did it yesterday um it's good exercise that it keeps you going and it's a bit of a challenge and of course it's for all ages but i think the good thing with that is you feel engaged you feel like you're with other people even though it's just you and a screen Mm -hmm. and it's yeah there's also another it's um dwayne johnson has been also he's been doing daily videos um and it's and also boris Johnson's been doing his um, daily updates. It's one of those things that allows, it gives you like an end goal. So you can work, you know, you can be doing your day and you know, you know, your day can finish when you hear Boris's speech. It just, it's, it really gives you that end of the day feeling with a lot of people that end of the day feeling because we've lost mm-hmm. the actual structure to our days. Yeah. And do you think that like the role of technology is, so crucial in keeping communication and keeping morale high during these times because you know it's these different platforms now we can video call like what we're doing so you can keep in contact with those family members that you can't see anymore i think that like the technology has actually been really helpful because um my like in my normal school day like i'm still doing work that my teachers have set me but I don't like how, but instead of just being sat at my desk, just by myself alone, just in silence, I've been able to contact my friends. I can talk about work. I can talk to them about other stuff. I can just check on them, make sure they're still okay. I can like, it's allowing me to keep contact. And it's like, I feel like if I didn't have that, I'd be a lot more, lot more down and I wouldn't feel as happy as I did because I mean, I'd be like, alone pretty much but having the ability to contact my friends and talk to them has give has it's increased my morale i'd say definitely it's definitely got all these positive um impacts and of course there is always games you can play online is whilst on call so it's not just boring conversation about what's the latest thing on the news because we all know it's going to be the same thing there's nothing else to talk about abby do you have anything to say on the how technology is keeping you going through such difficult times? Well, the thing is, I don't really, like, as much as I can, well, I try to do, I find stress-relieving tasks in not looking at screens and stuff like that. So if I do a dot-to-dot, maybe, or, like, reading, knitting, that sort of thing, because otherwise I will just get absorbed in not doing very much 
productive stuff. So does that, technology is really good, but it's also important to get out when or in your one exercise slot mm. and to live, do things live that, in the real world. Yeah, because there still is a real world, even if it, if it even if it didn't feel like it, there's, it's still there. Mm. And, and when that point's very very yeah. good. Because a lot of people, I'm one of the people who do it all. Staying at home is an easy option. Um, yeah. But having a dog allows me to, you know, get that excuse, you know, to, oh, yeah, I probably should go out. So I do go out with a dog. Um, but I think one of the biggest things at the moment is, obviously, the government said to stay at home. A lot of people are taking that really, really, really to the book. And they've just said, okay, I won't leave my house until at all. Um, and there's a lot of people... As Peter said earlier, they've now lost that walking to school or lost that walking to work. They've lost that exercise and they're just sat at home now, eating Domino's pizza every night, um, sat on their sofa watching Netflix, which really for your body isn't very good. Um, but in their minds, that's what the government's telling them to do. Yeah, so yeah, I get what you mean. Like most people think, oh, so they're telling me to stay at home. I'm fine with that. Stay home, do whatever you want. It's like the other. Well, you said the people who affect, they might do it more often, might exercise most of the day, half day, an hour or so. And since you're only restricted to like, well, one a day, that could have like a bigger impact on some people than others. I think because, well, if you're not keeping up with your exercise, it's then you are. To get back after into it after it is going to be hard to either get back into exercising or just actually, you know, start at all. And when Tom was saying about, you know, the online things, that is very helpful because it's not just keeping your exercise up, but again, keeping your morale up and just keeping you doing, you know, doing something instead of, you know, like Thea said, sitting down, watching Netflix, eating Domino's pizza. So do you find there's a bit of an issue here with um, staying home thing? Lots of people are working at home. My dad's working at home, and then there's this, there's there's not this boundary anymore between work and family. And how are you guys coping with that? So, I know I wasn't gonna talk, but I actually think it's quite a good thing. So, my mum, she's got quite a long commute commute every day. She she spends about two hours in a car every day, which just isn't nice. Because you're in a really confined space for a long time, and it's just nice. But her working at home means she gets to spend more of her day doing other things, if that's more exercise, because she need like, if that's more exercise, if it's doing stuff around the house, gardening, it kind of just gives you more time to do things, and you're not waste like you're not spending your whole weekend doing things you can have a nice relaxing weekend because you might there's you'll have less things to do and i think it's actually it can be quite good in some circumstances yeah but uh, i agree but it's also it's some families it's been really difficult because sometimes um parents or some people are like kids aren't home often which means the parents are used to quiet <laughs> calm environments but now the kids are back it's can be a lot lot more stressful for some parents especially with younger mm. children um we've yeah. got a friend who's got a young two like she's got two or three three under 12s and one over 12 under 16 and for her that must be 
really, really difficult as a mum to try and now become a teacher, cleaner, and do all the jobs around the house. Whereas before, she'd be able to send them off to school to get do the um, teaching. And it was, and for some families, it's become difficult to get teaching done. Yeah, but with you could say with children, it can be a good opportunity <laughs> to learn those home economic skills of cleaning, cooking and other boring jobs, politely. Yeah. Hmm. And I, I, as I say, it's one of those things that's about everyone just working together and being there for each other. Um, and we will get through this virus and we will fight it off. And it's one of those things, okay, we, there are people going to be lost on the way. Mental. Um, but we need to save the grand scheme of things we need to make sure that the vulnerable people are as protected as possible and that we respect what the government's been telling us and we respect what the health minister is telling us and we follow those guidelines and reduce the death of people in the world and our country as much as we possibly can because we do not want to be hit as hard as China or Italy or Spain we can't afford to be well we can afford to be but it's not the point we don't want to be hit that because it's more detrimental and it you know it's, it's really horrible as it is we're going to get worse because it will lower morale even and you know it's just it'll ruin lives and it already has ruined lives we don't need to ruin any more i think the one thing people need to keep in mind is it's not a you game it's a team game we're all in this together we all need to work together. If we're going to stop the virus, we need to work together. We all need to self-isolate, stay at home. You can go out for your daily exercise, but stay within, like, stay away two metres apart from people. You just need to remember, it's like, it's about teamwork. I, and, yeah, as I say, that's the whole message we'd like to get across. Anyone who's listening, that's the main message we do want to get across. Um, just stay at home you know, protect the NHS and protect the most vulnerable and lives will be saved um, and, you know, we'll be in a better situation at the end of the day. Um, even if that means, you know, we stay at home for three months, it's just about, as I say, protecting the most vulnerable. And if everyone follows the advice the government is complete lockdown three weeks um, and then we'll be allowed. Um, but obviously following the social distance rules um, regulations like that. One last thing I do want to add um, is there's been talk about so in recent um, hospital appointments and stuff, they've been um, saying that we're going to do video um, over the phone or FaceTime. They're going to do um, what's the name? Patients over FaceTime. Um, there's discussion of keeping this going on after the virus. Um, What's your thoughts about keeping some of these regulations going on after the virus? I mean, I think it, I think it can be a good idea, say, if you have a patient who has, like, a contagious disease or something, and you can't have doctors too close to them because it could, um, like, infect the doctor, and that could leave them with a um, severe, severe disease. I think that's a good idea because... It's not just the patients just hearing a voice. They're being able to see the doctor's face. If they need to have the doctor like explain something out to them on like a whiteboard, they can still do that. But then the di- doctor's not in like near contact with them, in which the case they're putting their life at harm. 
And we also have to say a big thank you for all the nurses and doctors out there which still go out to work and still are fighting this thing and they will continue fighting it for us and until we can all finally be able to, you know, go back to education, go back outside and enjoy all the wonders the world can still provide. Thank you very much, Josh, for those last words. Um, thank you for listening this week, guys. We hope to see, well, we hope that you're still um, listening next week. Um, we're not quite sure what we're going to do for podcast. The current made it quite difficult to record. Um, but if, you know, the quality of this podcast is at level, we might be able to do this again. Um, please feel free to send us in any suggestions for what podcast we can do next. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you.